I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. For our Christmas readings this year, I'm not reading the full Christmas story. We've all heard it hundreds hundreds of times before. We all know it. Instead, I've decided to read just a few verses from three different texts. The first is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, 6 and 7. And this is a prophecy that was offered 700 years before Jesus was born. And it looks forward to what is hoped for. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They lived in a land of shadows, but now light is shining on them. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be our ruler. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. His royal power will continue to grow. His kingdom will always be at peace. He will rule as King David's successor, basing his power on right and justice, from now until the end of time. The Lord Almighty is determined to do all this. The second text is from John's Gospel and this was written looking back at what had happened, possibly about 90 years after Jesus' birth, and trying to explain it. So this is from John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Through him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without him. The word was the source of life, and this life brought light to people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. The word became a human being, and full of grace and truth, lived among us. And then the final text is from Luke chapter 2. This is what actually happened. Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to the town of Bethlehem in Judea, the birthplace of King David. Joseph went there because he was a descendant of David. He went to register with Mary, who was promised in marriage to him. She was pregnant. And while they're in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have her baby. She gave birth to her first son, wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. There was no room for them to stay in the inn. Christmas, this Christmas, 2020, is being shaped by coronavirus. Shaped, but not obliterated not cancelled, not pushed into the corner. The first Christmas is a fact. In one way, it's come and gone, because it happened in a particular place at a particular time. But every Christmas since that first one has been something different. 
the fact of the first Christmas becomes the hope and the joy of every subsequent Christmas. As we are filled with hope of the light that shines in the darkness and is never put out, and we're filled with joy at new life springing forth. The story of Christmas from that prophecy of Isaiah over two and a half thousand years ago, right up to the present day, is one of God's kingdom arriving and prevailing. It's a story of obstacles and difficulties, and also of shared meals and laughter. It's a story about not being deceived by outward appearances. It's the story of the shift from something hoped for, something longed for, to something that is real and happening now. And I've got three pictures that I want to paint in your mind today. Firstly, a photographic darkroom. I've been a keen amateur photographer since I was a teenager and in almost all the houses that I've lived in over the last 40 years, I've managed to create a darkroom, a space for making photographs using an enlarger and light-sensitive photographic paper and chemicals. And the room, as it says in the name, needs to be dark, with no light in it. And what I've discovered is that this is pretty much impossible to achieve. You think you've covered every door and window and ventilation brick, and you sit or stand in your dark room for 10 or 15 minutes and let your eyes adjust. And there's always at least a little bit of light that gets in somehow. You just can't push it all back. You can never extinguish it completely. And God is exactly like that. Grace and love and mercy and joy, no matter what humans do, it just keeps on popping back up. At Christmas time, we embrace the light and all that it stands for, and we share it. We actually try to become the light shining in other people's lives. The second picture that I want to paint is of a baby being offered to you to hold. There's no way that you're going to say no and not put your arms out and just let the baby drop to the floor. And as you do take hold of it, you are instinctively going to hold it close to yourself. The baby, simply by being there, demands our love, demands our care. At Christmas time, we celebrate God's love for us in sending his son into the world. As I read earlier, the word became a human being and, full of grace and truth, lived among us. But there's something else going on here. God provokes us to love back. God loves first, sets the example and offers us a path to follow or, if you like, a baby to hold. The final picture is one that I want you to paint for yourself. 
It's of you celebrating Christmas this year. What are you doing? How are you celebrating? Some of you will be with friends and family, although limited to a bubble of three households. Some of you will be one household of more than one person. And some of you will be alone. Whatever your situation, Christmas is happening. Not somewhere else, but with you. Christmas might often be characterised as being all glamour and glitz. But actually, Jesus being born in a stable shows God's disinterest in all of this. Where is Christmas happening? It's happening in our hearts as we ponder the story, the simple events that changed the world, that moved a hopeful prophecy into a living, breathing human being, demonstrating the everlasting overflowing love of God for each and every one of us. So this Christmas, let's embrace and share the light. Let's hold the baby close and share the love. And let's ponder the story that's so real and let our hearts be filled with joy. That's it for now. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.